Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Parents, as many of you know, make sacrifices for their children. When a baby comes along, uh, the needs and the desires of mom and dad, well, they take the back seat. Parents will sacrifice time, money, precious sleep in order to provide for the very best for their children. Sacrifices will come in all shapes and sizes. A dad, maybe, will sacrifice a bit of his favorite dessert for a child who also thinks that that's their favorite dessert. A mom might give up her career because that's what might be best for her children. And I don't know of any sort of parent who would not be willing to sacrifice their own life in order to save the life of their child. Nearly every parent would be willing to take the place of their child when their child is suffering. The thing is, though, we don't always get that chance. David, the father of Absalom, wished that he could have died in his son's place. But the story of this father and son ultimately points us to the love of our Heavenly Father and the ultimate sacrifice that he made so that we can be saved from the curse of death. The story is told in 2 Samuel chapters 13 through 18, and it reveals the wickedness and the depravity of mankind. Even those chosen by God to be his special people, a light unto the nations around them. The story contains, uh, contains God's people committing acts of incest, of rape, injustice, murder, scheming, rebellion, and even war. So here's, here's the quick recap. King David has 19 sons from several different wives. Amnon is the firstborn son of David, and he is in line to be king. But the problem with Amnon is he lusted after his uh, half-sister Tamar. He faked being sick so that he could get or so that he could be cared for by her. And when they were alone, he forced himself upon her and violated her. And then he had the audacity to place the blame on her and sent her away to hide in shame. Now, when King David heard of this, he was angry. But he did nothing to punish Amnon. Now Absalom, who uh, was the full brother of Tamar, was infuriated with Absalom and angry at David for not pursuing justice for Tamar. For two years, Absalom hated and plotted against Amnon until eventually Absalom had Amnon murdered. And then Absalom fled and exiled himself. I mean, it's just an absolute mess. You jump ahead from there three years, and you have Joab, the captain of King David's army, convincing King David to bring back Absalom because, because he can tell that the king misses his son. But when Absalom returns to Jerusalem, he goes back to his plotting and conniving ways. Clearly, he had not forgiven his father. Using his natural good looks and his charisma, Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel by, by speaking poorly of David in the city gates while he was promoting himself. 
This went on for four years. Until one day he left Jerusalem and sent secret messengers who announced, Absalom is made king at Hebron. Thousands of Israelites rallied to him, joined the rebellion, all because of the patient hard work that he had done to build up his own reputation and slandering his father. Meanwhile, David fled from Jerusalem to spare the citizens uh, uh, the battle when Absalom moved in to, to take the throne. David summons the, the, those who are loyal to himself, and he, he gathers an army. As the battle drew near, David stayed behind but instructed his army, Joab in particular, to deal gently with Absalom for, da for David's sake. He loved his son, and he wanted to show mercy to him. But on the day of battle, David's army soundly defeated Absalom's. As Absalom attempted to flee in the forest, his mule went under a thick branch of trees and his hair got caught there so that Absalom was left hanging by his hair. When Joab found him, he ignored the words of David and he thrust three javelins into the heart of Absalom while he was still alive hanging in the tree. The reporting of his news and David's response, that's what we heard in our reading for this evening. When he heard of Absalom's death, David wept. And he said, oh, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would I have died instead of you? Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Here ends this tragic father-son story. It's not a story unlike the story that you and I share with our Heavenly Father. And sadly, that identifies us in the person of Absalom, the rebellious son. But you might be thinking this night, well, surely I'm not that bad. I've never murdered anyone. I've never incited rebellion or anything like that. You might think to yourself, well, the only thing that I have in common with Absalom is, is good looks. While we might look at our outward actions, God looks at our hearts. And in our hearts, we are just as rotten and sinful and rebellious as Absalom and every other character portrayed in the story. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, these are what defile a person, says our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 15. See, like Absalom, we rebel against our Heavenly Father each and every day when we put ourselves on the throne of our heart and when we attempt to run our own lives. Unlike David, God is a perfect father, and he has told you what is good and right. But in our selfish pride, we have chosen not to listen, and we have declared war on God's will. A son of the king with privilege and power, Absalom decided that that wasn't enough. He wanted to be king. And we desire the same thing. 
Whenever we break the Ten Commandments, we also break the first one by placing our own desires above God's will. God identified Absalom as someone who was cursed for his sin by allowing him to hang from that tree. For God's law declares in Deuteronomy chapter 21, a hangman is cursed by God. Here's the thing. We deserve the same punishment for our rebellion. Because of our sin, we are cursed. And we should expect the wrath of God. Yet out of his great love, God sent Jesus, the true son of David, to become a curse for you by hanging on a tree in order to make you an heir of his heavenly kingdom. See, like David, God is a merciful king who does not want you to die, despite your rebellion against him. For you, God cries out like David, My children, my children, would I had died instead of you, oh my children. But in God's case, he carried out the substitution that David could only hope for. In order to save you from the curse of death, God willingly gave up his only son. The son of God also became the son of a human being, the true son of David, in whom no sin or rebellion could be found to carry out God's promise that David's kingdom would be established forever. As the son of David... Jesus also hung from a tree, the cross, and a spear was thrust into him. Paul refers back to Deuteronomy 21 and connects it to the cross in Galatians 3.13 where he writes, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs from a tree. See, Jesus became cursed for you. He died the death you deserve. He who knew no sin became sin for you so that you might receive his righteousness. That's the sacrifice your heavenly father was willing to make for you his rebellious child. No matter how far you stray, no matter how violently you rebel, no matter how often you attempt to remove him from the throne of your heart, God will always love you. And he is always ready to forgive you for the sake of the one who hung on the tree of the cross in your place. Through Jesus, the true son of David, the king of the universe, Boy, you are an eternally loved and forgiven child of God. And you have a place in his kingdom forever. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our King, who saves. Amen.